He's Tyler Sigmund. He's Karen Moran. And you are listening to the Chase Cast. And what is today's chase, Tyler? Today's chase is the arcade chase. And we have some some good stuff to talk about because uh I think as we've alluded to in past episodes, there is an age difference, so it's it's kind of cool that there's been different arcade experiences, I'm sure, as we'll probably find out. Yeah. Um, what is... If you had to buy an arcade cabinet... Ooh. Two, okay, two questions. If you had to buy an arcade cabinet, you didn't need to worry about transporting it, and then you had to buy an arcade cabinet, you had to oh. worry about transporting <laughs> it, what would they be? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Maybe not worrying about... Tra- well, okay... Not worrying about transporting it might be the old um, Star Wars, like, sit down. Oh. Like, you know, old school, like, you, you sit down in it and, because uh, it's so big, right? Is that, like, the one, is that the one with the lightsaber battle? Oh, no, okay, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's not, not Vector the, Art, yeah. Yeah, because the Star, the Star Wars game of my youth was the one where there was a lightsaber section. Oh, really? And it was oh, all shit. 3D and stuff. Um, no, this one was, like... Is this what they call TIE Fighter? No, it was actually a it's Star a Wars. Tie, well, Tie Fighter was for PC. I don't think it ever had an arcade game. I could be wrong. Listeners, yeah. correct us. But this was one like basically, you're an X-wing and you have the kind of innovative control where you like you can rotate it in in two dimensions and then and basically it's all vector art. So it looks a bit like Tempesty and stuff like that, where you know they're drawn lines and you're like there's the one where you're like you're shooting other. Tie fighter, you're shooting tie fighters, mm-hmm. and then when they explode, of course they explode into like lines and things oh, like that. See, yeah, and, I love uh, I love vector art. Um, yeah, my dad's favorite game is Tempest. Oh so yeah, by default I have played a lot of Tempest. Okay, and so is he. Um, but man, vector art, like well, I, yeah. I like pol- I like pol- or not polygons, pixel art. I like pixel yeah. art from time to time. Yeah, I'm not one to look down on it. But man, vector art, because that was all done with lasers. So yes. it wasn't, there was no aliasing needed. Because they were all shining. Yeah. Like pure vector art was all shining, shining lasers, at least from what I understand. So you got these completely crisp angles. Well, it was the way to create 3D, right? Like Battlezone, you know, I don't, of course, know exactly the history of which ones came out first, but yeah, yeah Tempest, Battlezone, Star Wars, like they were all really impressive because it's like, that concept of, whoa, it's like three dimensions and, you know, they, that was the only way to do it, I guess. Yeah. Which was pretty wild. So it felt, it sounds ridiculous now, but it felt immersive, you know, at but the it's, time. It's also interesting, I think probably because of technical challenge, yeah. um, how people have not really explored vector art as much as mm. people have explored pixel art. I mean, you have games like Geometry Wars, but, yes. but, Probably the, 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 the amount of yeah. people that are developing new ways of pixel art. Like, you look at games like, mm-hmm. I don't know, Swords and Sorcery, and that game looks a lot different mm-hmm. than what original pixel art games look like. And they're kind of evolving the style. Yeah. And you haven't really seen that in vector art too yeah, much. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say maybe there's less places you can go with the style, but then I just started thinking, I'm sure there's someone out there who could, like... Because now you're not limited as much, so you can have as many freaking vector shapes as you want, right? So yeah. you could... Couldn't you basically layer them together to create a form of shading that is very uniquely vector? Yeah, I mean, there's know? there's a couple of games, like the Polynomial, uh, which is a music visualizer that happens okay. to have a game yeah. around it, looks yeah, yeah. gorgeous, because it's all vector art and... Um, that runs really well on most graphics mm. cards. 
and there's an amazing number of things on screen, which most games yeah. don't have. Um, but it's not the vector art chase. It's no, the arcade, it's the arcade chase. chase. So yeah, um, I mean that that one is it's hard to pick because there's so many. But yeah, that and then maybe like standard. I mean it's it's really tough to pick, right? But yeah. like another one might be like I always thought Sinistar was awesome. Sinistar. Sinistar just was so intimidating with the you know with the voice and stuff like that. And I remember playing that like when you when you were little, you'd uh, or like in my day with the arcades. I'm sure it's probably the same with you. You. Every place, well, a big arcade has a lot, and that's like jackpot. Yeah. But every place, like a motel, yeah. a freaking Wash, pizza joint, washing. they all have a few, yeah, laundromats, yeah. they all have a few games. And so you start canvassing town to learn where the games are. And I, for some reason, yeah. I remember that what, what Sinistar was, was at, I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, yeah. and there was this North Boulder Reservoir or whatever you go swim. And for some reason, they had a Sinistar cabinet there. Mm. So for me, like, the attraction was... As much for the Sinistar cabinet as to go to the reservoir, you know? Yeah, I mean, the pizza place right next to my elementary school had... I never I never really played them at yeah. there. That wasn't the place where I played arcades. But they had, like, a Soul Calibur cabinet and a Virtual Fighter cabinet oh, yeah. or so something that was like the that. Place so that to was kind of you go get your dollar pizza and then play yeah. some Soul Calibur. Um, but yeah, for so me, what, yeah, what would you... For me, five. Or have. I mean, I have a nostalgia for the X-Men six-player cabinet. Yeah, that's um, solid. It's like Gauntlet. You know, Gauntlet would be a solid choice because it's like four. You can yeah, have friends Yeah, and over. part of it just would be for the novelty of it because it's two CRT monitors right next to each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's huge. And yeah. it's full of real great, uh, great ironic um, humor, mm. I guess. So like what, that, that's the one where Magneto says, like, prepare to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I was just a huge X-Men fan as a kid. Probably similar to you in Star Wars, but it yeah. was just so cool because it was like, I yeah. was watching that X-Men arcade, or that X-Men TV show, the cartoon, and then also playing that game and reading the comics <laughs> and, um, and also Six Players is fun. And it's actually interesting because they released that on, um, XBLA? XBLA and PSN. Mm. Uh, which, if you really want to have your childhood ruined, play a beat-em-up without quarters. Without quarters, yeah, I and, know. And you learn fast how those games weren't actually that great. Yeah. Um, it's the tension of... of It's not a matter of, like, you know, with enough quarters, it's never in doubt whether you can make it. Yeah, I mean, it, you can start, like, going for the crazy achievements of, like, beat, beat the game without... On one quarter or something yeah. like that. But the interesting thing was, is I bought it on Xbox Live Arcade, kind of regret it, um, because on PlayStation, that system can handle seven controllers. Whoa. So you can actually play full <laughs> six-player uh, PS3 if you can wrangle up enough if you can wrangle up enough <laughs> enough controllers. But you're limited to four. You're limited um, to four on the Xbox. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, you want to play it natively, right? But that would be a horrible thing to transfer. Like, Cause just, this, yeah, it's so huge. <laughs> it's like dull, it's like two arcade cabinets in one, which getting through hallways and doors and stuff like that, I imagine, would be a huge pain. Yeah, that's right. Two in one is huge. Because I was thinking like those stand-ups, like Dissatron was always awesome, yeah. or or the Tron itself. But like, um, actually, was Dissatron sit down? Now I can't remember. But you know, the ones where some of them were the stand-up, but then they had the lean seat. Like yeah. you don't you don't really sit, but you can kind of like perch. Oh, um, yeah. And th- yeah, those were like those were fun though because you go in, you felt like you know stuff has happened. That's why I think I liked 
like um, Star Wars, or there was a really old one, another vector one called Tail Gunner. Tail Gunner. Yeah, you, you gotta look up Tail Gunner. It's another veteran one, and it's like, or vector one, you sit down, and it's the same sort of thing, and you're just like, you know, the, like, rapid-fire, cheesy bullet sound effect, and you're just trying oh, is to, like, it, uh, um, Did it have, like, a headset? Like, was it that beach game? No. Like, the old version of that? No, no, no. No, um, you still sat in there, but, you know, um, some, you know, reclining, like, reclining, like, when you're in something, it just feels cooler, right? Like, the racing yeah. games or whatever, it's, uh, um... It's like a little bit more immersion. I mean, for me, one of my favorite cabinets is a Galaga slash Miss Pac-Man <laughs> cabinet. Oh, sitting? A cocktail? No, no. no. I oh, mean, okay. cocktails are probably more practical because you make them your kitchen table or yeah, whatever, yeah. and they can handle a drink spilled on them or yeah. two. Um, but no, the stand-up one was the one I always played that was like, because you get a dollar in there because they cost 50 cents a game, mm-hmm. um, and um, you get a game of Pac-Man and then a game of uh, Galaga. Oh, and yeah. I was always better at Galaga, but had more fun playing Pac-Man, Miss <laughs> Pac-Man. Um, so, yeah, that would probably be, like, if I had to buy two cabinets, those would probably be it. It's definitely tough to choose because there's just so many, you know, of course, nostalgia. Like, sometimes, like, I think, okay, well, this for nostalgia I'd get, but then you realize it's not actually fun to... It's, like, it's not actually fun anymore, but then certain games are still fun. Like, even yeah. though, like, I, like, think, I think Galaga, Galaga, still, Galaga and Miss Pac-Man are still solid. Yeah, Galaga still holds up. Whereas, I think there's a lot of games that you you might play for, like, literally five minutes and say, yeah, I remember this, and I know I had lots of fun, but I just can't, you know, I can't yeah. do it anymore. But you you brought up a good point about, like, um, you know, the beat-em-ups. And that's really different, because I think the, you take something like a score-based game, right? Um, like Space Invaders, even, or Galaga. And that's it's still fun because you've you've got the score to beat, and I think the beat 'em ups, yeah, they were a different. It's just kind of like application of brute force. It's like yeah. yes, you can play it efficiently, and I'm not saying there's no skill. It's just kind of yeah. like they're made to quarter sync at the bosses, and so as soon as you know, like Gauntlet was always like this. It was so amazingly fun, but then as soon as you have it on Mame or something, you're like, well, yeah, Gauntlet was bullshit because you lost health as you were playing. Yeah, like that's just the worst. <laughs> Um, and especially if you don't know where you're going, which was a common problem in yeah. the uh, in the 3D gauntlet. It was oh. like you'd get lost and you'd be like, well, oh, I went the wrong way. I just oh, and lost, then it's chipping I lost down your health, health because I took a wrong turn. Um, yeah, you almost have to impose, you know, you have to impose restrictions. So if you're going to port that to a different platform, it's like you have to put lives or something on it where, you know, a limited amount of coins, and some of them do that, right? Where they give you three continues or something, but it's literally, the tension's not the same because, like, golly, you just, oh, okay, I have unlimited quarters, I'll just run through the ghosts. Yeah. Do-do-do-do-do. You're like, there's no point, but it's it's amazing how that, um, yeah, that, like, economic tension of, like, I want my quarter to go as far as possible. Yeah. Uh, Have you you ever had infinite quarters in a real arcade? Yes. Like not like of your own, because like I was on a like oh. most of my arcade experience uh, is in a lot of it uh, is in a, on a ferry. Oh um, yeah, and it was also interesting on the ferry because they'd always have two arcades. Oh, so you got to scope so, out so which you, has you'd which. Look at one and be like, oh, that one's just got a bunch of racing games. Like I don't want to deal with that, and this one's got. Uh, like, oh, this one's got all the classic ones or something. Uh, but there's also a couple couple funny things you can do. One, when they say, hey, it's time to return to your cars, hit up the arcade. Like, you're going to get a free game of something. 
Because somebody put $2 oh, in, oh, just like and go, they left. And go you vulture walk in, there. and you're like, I'm playing virtual tennis now for free. <laughs> With, um, like, half the time left. And I remember one time uh, I had a uh, – I saw or I saw these two, like, construction workers um, and – or something. I don't know. They were wearing, like, overalls and things. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they didn't understand that the person that won the race in the game got oh, yeah. a free game. Like, kind of like a fighting yeah. game. Like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you walk up. And, um, so they were just, every time, they'd dump a court, uh, dump a loony or a dollar coin or whatever. <laughs> um, whatever your local currency is. Whatever your local currency is into the machine. So they were, by the time they were done, cause they split it like 50 50. Oh, yeah. Um, there was credits left. Yeah, there was like, <laughs> I wasn't even through them. Like, I just like played that for the rest of the day, oh, like, really? rest of the ride. Yeah. The ferry ride's like an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, to, um, to the island? Or like two hours. Uh, so there's not a lot of time. Yeah. And even like games like Gauntlet, like the 3D Gauntlet or the, the X-Men machine, it's like, that takes a bit, like, that takes an hour and yeah. a bit to get through. So, um, you, so it's like starting a movie in the middle of a plane flight. You want to make sure you can finish the Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to be like facing Wendigo and be like, oh, I gotta leave. <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny. Um, I was thinking of like, arcade games that have had a lasting effect and like um i used to play hard driving like when i was in high school hard, hard drive. driving yeah hard drive in hard drive in so like yeah. is a drive dash in like a like a restaurant no, of your no. childhood no it was like is it driving as in the verb to drive yes but there it, was a g it wasn't drive in and then apostrophe i don't know for sure and then a guy with a skateboard I was, right next to it no no <laughs> i always think of it with the apostrophe but that might be me just coolizing it uh so i remember playing that game and it had um it had force feedback on the steering wheel wow and then so so i put i played that and it was fun because it was also it's a sit down yeah. and it was like you know early 3d graphics or whatever yeah. and it had a gear shift did it look better and or worse than a, daytona Oh, USA. I think it was earlier. Oh, so it was like Virtual Racer. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh those but, are. But, and it had a clutch and it had a, and it had, you know, all that mm-hmm. and a little bit of force feedback. And so then one day, you know, I was in high school and I was driving my car down the street and, uh, and like a guy turned left in front of me head on, right? Yeah. And I had to swerve to avoid him and my car then skidded. And then I was able to oversteer and correct, and I swear it was from hard driving because yeah. I had never actually skidded in my car before. It's always and fun. it was just like it kicked right in, and, and I missed the median and missed him. And I just looked at my friend, and he looked at me, and I was thinking, "Thank God for that arcade game." Like, do you let a like a yippee or something? Uh, I may have like it, it was it was an exciting moment. Once once again, one of the one of the several moments in my life where I've been able to claim that my intense video gaming contributed to my wellness. Right? Either, yeah. Either career, you know, yeah. that's paid off. Like all the gaming I've done is finally can be categorized as an apprenticeship. Yeah. Uh, and then and then yeah, real real life driving. Who knew? It's funny with the driving games because I don't drive, and and it's one of those things where like people try and associate their real life skill set into like, oh yeah, no, I should be able to beat you at Daytona USA. Like, I should be able to beat you at like it's a transferable skill. Yeah, it's like my car does does backflips. Like, this has nothing to do with your driving (laughs) skill. Though, speaking of force feedback, have you played any new driving games? No. They're nuts. Oh, like they're hydro powered, or not hydraulic powered. No, um, which would probably be powered by hydro, depending on your geographical location, <laughs> I guess. Um, Could be, but 
their whole car is shifting up and down. Oh, goodness. and they, and at the at the Game Works in Seattle, um, which is one of the last standing arcades I've been to, mm-hmm. um, they have these ones that are kind of held by a crane. Oh, and crazy. the whole thing can tilt up, down, and swing left, right. So again. So you have all and, three axes. Yeah, it can rotate on the the X axis. Yeah, and it can also rotate on around the. And is that a driving game or? Yeah, that would it's make a simulation a, driving game. That would make and a badass you, plane game. If you are gonna play it, go and go the hardest difficulty at night, and put on rain, <laughs> and you're just racing down this windy hill, and uh, the whole thing's just shaking around. And it's, it's actually kind of cool. Like it's 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 an interesting way because now arcades are kind of a it it seems like a different type of well like that they have to they have to deliver something you can't get at home now yeah so that's like okay I can get equal or way better games at home in the comfort of my house at on demand blah 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 but you can't get suspended from a crane and like yeah twist it on all three axes and, and I remember when there was like a big arcade named Pl- called Palladium. Oh, here yeah. they had some ridiculous like they had VR or they had like a platform you stood on and you basically played Tekken 3 by actually punching and kicking oh really wow and they had like a hang gliding game and oh yeah like they I had played one of those crazy hang gliding like, games yeah they had a it. bunch of crazy VR and, and stuff like that um, and also that model was you pay or whatever and you get unlimited for an hour or two which again makes yeah. time crisis a much different game without having to worry about dying. That's what I was going to say is that when you asked about Unlimited, I was like, yeah, but only in places like that where you you pay like, oh, 20 bucks and you have an hour or two hours of time. And then, yeah, it changes everything because all of a sudden your, your desire to get as far as you can in a game, it, it's no longer really – it's now a game of – how how much money can I basically? How much value can I get in my two hours of play? Yeah. So it's almost like you don't want to get stuck on a slog game where you there's like a just a part where you have to slog it through. It's like you want to get the most distinct. You're running around and there's this freneticness of like get the most you know varied play play experiences yeah. within the yeah. or play games that you would have never played a paid a quarter for and you try it. You or know? games you've just never played. Yeah. Like, I know there's a bunch of. Rhythm games and stuff like I haven't played, and you'd be like, oh, "I'm never going to play." Yeah, money sure. There. I'll, but I'll no, it's free. Oh, that's different. Yeah. I guess that's like iPhones. Just like, well, no, that game looks like ass. Oh, it's free. Oh, well, I'll download it and give it a try. It, yeah, it totally changes your mindset, right? Though, kind of like the App Store when you are in a arcade where everything is free, mm-hmm. you then have a lot of choices again. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, uh. But yeah, but the tension comes from, like, to me, arcades were about, like, half of it was showing off and trying to set the best, you know, of course the initials. And, but there was, I mean, that was your freaking immortality. Like, you go up there, you put a quarter in, you know, Defender. Yeah. And you just show people how it's done and you get your initials on there. And now it's like, not only did you get, you know, 10 minutes of play out of a quarter or whatever, but now, like, they have to knock you off. So there was that whole like culture of yeah. Fighting games are like still the most fun in our arcade. That's true. Fighting um, fighting has that culture. I used to yeah on the ferries extremely on the ferries you're get, you're getting a pretty random selection of qualities of oh, yeah. fighting games. And what I do because both me and my dad played Tekken is I'd play a match and then I'd see how they were doing and if they weren't up to like my 
skill level, I'd let my dad. I'd be like, <laughs> Dad finishes this guy off. So you like tag dad in? Yeah, because he's, he's like, it's more of a closer match. Or like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's um, funny. No, like it's really interesting around conventions or stuff like that. Like I know around PAX, mm-hmm. that GameWorks place is full of people who are probably entering fighting game tournaments, mm-hmm. and that's like having. Um, that kind of sit down and you're staying here till you lose is really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Win- winners just stay, sort of thing. Yeah, winner stays. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like fighting is all head to head, of course. And then like the score attack games were interesting because it was it's like you versus the machine, but it's still you versus everyone else because you you want to show that you can. So did the take scores the machine. always reset? Uh, it depends on the arcade. Yeah, like, I felt like they always unplugged them and it always yeah. reset. So, like, on the ferry, it didn't really make sense because it's, like, it was reset every single time. Yeah, you kind of learn that you learn the places that they cycle it every day. And it's, like, if it's a really busy place, you still have that, you know, momentary immortality. But but then there were some places they, you know, as long as nothing happened to the machine, it would be up for quite a while. So you'd come back days later, week later, and you're like, yeah, yeah still on there. And then that was satisfying because it was, it's like you're... You're earning and you're doing nothing, even though you're not earning anything. But, you know, you're like, okay, people have had their shot at it, and I was sleeping, you know, and they still couldn't topple me. So it was yeah. it was pretty good. I, was, I liked arcade. I was I was pretty good at, as a kid, like, at, at arcade games. I was always one of the better guys around. But now, of course, as I've gotten older, it's, like, harder. But, you no, know. It's funny with, like, the mentorship at an arcade. Oh, yeah. Like, like I, I remember. There's, like, wizen gurus. Of- yeah, like, I remember playing Galaga, and this guy, like, was like, did you know that you could... Get do the ship trick, sucked up, and then get it back. It's like I didn't know that because I'm not looking up walkthroughs. Yeah, your your my limited experience with Galaga is pretty much only at that arcade well, slash Mame. Um, well, that's a great point because um, you know, and, and of course, it translates into gaming of all sorts. But it's hard for me to think back sometimes to like the age where there was no, you know, there were no walkthroughs and. And it was all tribal. So yeah, you like, you're comparing notes with friends at school. You're like, oh, where's that extra life in Sumero Brothers or whatever? And yeah. there was, I think it engaged you a lot. Like, I feel like I'm a much dumber gamer now because I, like, as soon as I get stuck, I'm just like, fuck it, go to the walkthrough. Like, you know, and, and that's not, I'm saying everyone that way. But when yeah. I was little, I had a tolerance for solving stuff and like figuring it out and experimenting and you'd be like, okay, I'm going to go through level 1-1 and jump at every pixel on the screen to find out where the hidden stuff is, right? But then... Yeah. Um, well, Mortal Kombat thrived off that a lot. I mean, I wasn't... Mm. I'm not of an age where I was playing Mortal Kombat in an arcade. Yeah. That's more of a Genesis game for me, but... <laughs> um, like, all the fatalities and all the random yeah. shit that could happen is, like, thrived in arcades from what I understood because you're like, oh, I didn't know... At all this weird, like, a babality isn't something that's in the manual. Yeah. And somebody pulls that off on you. Like, yeah, the hidden stuff. And I I wouldn't even necessarily categorize some of it as Easter eggs, because some of it is just, like, core to the game. But, but you know, it, it's... Someone's got to teach you. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's got to... you got to either discover it or someone teach you. And then when you have that knowledge, then you're, you know, you're elevated in the status of... Yeah, mm-hmm. like, if... Yeah, it's like if someone comes and shows you how to do a trick you didn't know how to do, you're like, whoa. Oh, you know, this person just became like a yeah. a little god of the local arcade, right? Yeah, and you know, like you know, they played it a lot. If they're like, if they're just gonna go talk to some random kid and tell them how to play Galaga, like you know, that guy's been playing yeah. Galaga for like twenty years or whatever. <laughs> um, though arcades, I mean, they don't—they're not what they used to be. 
but there is some some things that I would tell you that would make you sad. Well, just arcades today make me sad, but beyond that, what? Have you ever seen that shooting game in which the gun has been replaced with a block because a gun is not something that a kid should be playing <laughs> no. with in a public place? <laughs> no, I have not. That's sad. That's sad, but... And just busted machines. Like, yeah. people don't care. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't know Player 2 doesn't work. I wish it would have told me that before I put my money in. Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, it's just, you know, I, I mean, that's why there's so few arcades now is they just don't make money like they used to because of all the options. But, yeah, it used to be you get a popular arcade. I mean, you got you got technicians and people just upkeeping it because there's a big crowd and, it's, you know, a down machine means lost money. It's like, oh, my revenue generator isn't working. And so, yeah. you know, I think I'm really happy I went through that heyday of, like, what I consider the heyday of arcades. And it's, it's sad that they don't exist anymore because there was a period there was just, like, the place to be, you know, obviously yeah. for for nerds like myself. Well, I like the but, term geek, um, but we can have a separate yeah, whatever, on whatever on the. Geek. Um, but it's kind of like now it's a time capsule for a bygone age because yeah, now it's all driving games, shooting games, fighting games. Yeah, well, and those fighting games are pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah, no, there's a bunch of weird stuff that happens on arcades now. Like they have cameras, so they'll. Oh, you're going to start playing a multiplayer game, and then you'll take a picture of yourself. So then when you kill the other person, oh, yeah, or you're racing you. against them, it shows their picture. Yeah. And then uh, I was playing one game, which I don't remember the name of, which is fine because it wasn't great. <laughs> but it was this real bad racing game where uh, if you typed in a pin, you got an extra two nitros. So if you if you played the game twice, you had a... Very, very strong advantage over everybody else. Oh, and it's a game with heavy rubber banding, so you basically just whatever happens. And then nitro, and then the nitro, end. nitro, nitro, yeah. and you win the race. And I was, yeah, once I saw that, I was done. It's like a longevity bonus. Done. <laughs> oh, uh, you done meaning you're like, hell with that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, let's go back and play some yeah, yeah, Daytona yeah. USA or Rush 2049. I like Rush 2049. Well, to me, that's the, head jumps. the purest, like, the funnest part about good arcade games, you know, like, like like we've talked about Jump Towards as being an awesome example of a modern one, but it's just that opportunity for your skill to actually matter and be on display. You know, fighting games is a good example. Yes. And that, I mean, going back to, I mean, even something like Space Invaders, right? It's like it, it was a real hard test of your skill and there was a difference. It wasn't just that anybody could muddle their way through, you know. Yeah. And, you know, or, and getting to a stage that took a lot of effort, you know, was just so rewarding because it's like, so you walk by a machine, you see a stage you've never seen, you're like, wow, yeah, that instantly you know that guy's good or he's, you know, mm-hmm. I have stuff to learn and and uh, I kind of miss that experience of of doing that. But I always found it funny too how like kids would just be on a arcade cabinet, like they don't have any quarters in there, they're just standing there moving the wheel. Oh yeah, and they're having the time of their life. Like I always thought that <laughs> or, was yeah, because sometimes they neat. think a track mode, they're doing stuff right. It's like the equivalent of like handing your kid a controller that's not plugged in while yeah, you yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, and then they're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's so much fun. Um, well, today, um, you know, of course, by the time we release this, who knows what date is? But today's my dad's birthday, and happy uh, birthday, happy uh, birthday, Steve, Steve Sigmund, Sigmund. So yeah. your brother and your dad have the same name. No. Okay, that explains a lot. Yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, so but so my dad used to take us. He loved listening to talk radio. Yeah. So he'd take us down 
to a local arcade. And at the time, you know, of course, games were twenty five cents or whatever. But oh, um, I dream of days like that. I know, but they were twenty five cents for such a long time because of that increment. Like ten cents is way too small, and going to two quarters, there's a lot of resistance to that first happening. So yeah. you know, there was this big period where. Probably at the beginning of the twenty-five cent era, there was probably so much margin. Basically, like they're like, yeah, because. Um, and then at the end of the twenty-five cent era, is like, oh, we really should be charging forty cents, but you can't charge forty cents. So, but anyway, he'd take us down to Milts and in, in Boulder, Colorado, and give us five bucks each, which was like mm. a princely sum at the day because, yeah. you know, that got you twenty quarters. And if you know you figure out the games you're really good at, and you could play for a long freaking time on tw- on twenty quarters, right? Yeah. And then he'd sit out there and listen to talk radio. So shout out to the dad on his birthday for um, for letting us do that because like that that was that was just awesome. And so I think that's where I learned like okay, skill translates into more enjoyment because yeah. you know. Um, and one of the games I remember of the era because this is the era when. Like, I do remember playing Space Invaders in the arcade, but mm-hmm. by this time it was stuff like Defender and Vanguard and... Defender and, De- and we just talked about... game. Yeah, Defender with my, my, um, one of the guys I'm, I'm working with, and he, uh, we pulled up the image of the cabin, I had forgotten just how many fucking buttons there are on that thing, and how unfriendly, and the positioning is horrible, it's like... Yeah. You've got these buttons over here, and these buttons over here, and then, like, our hyperspace in the middle, and there's just so much, like... Well, that- error in terms of like trying to get to the right button you know and that was always something i liked about the x-men arcade machine was just like it's six people like there's like okay i gotta weasel my way in here and whether you're like a little kid or like grown (laughs) up like it's just everybody's just getting their spot and then they're stuck with whatever character is left too right yeah like oh okay player six you're playing as Cyclops, or you're playing as Dazzler, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whoever the least favorite characters of that game are. Yeah, Gauntlet um, had that too, and then I think in Gauntlet 2, then they solved that. They're like, okay, now you can select, and you can yeah. duplicate. I think you could select too. It was also weird, because it was also like a four-player version of that cabinet. But you can see the you can see the business minds uh, at work, right? Because yeah. it's basically like saying, well, we don't want to lose a quarter. We don't want to lose a sale, because someone wants to play the elf. And they can't, so we're gonna allow everyone to play Elf all the time. I would, I just love the programmer that's like, okay, so we're gonna have six people play this game, and it's like, wh- like, yeah. what? Like, how are you gonna fit six on the screen? And it's like, oh, there's two monitors, <laughs> and it's like, what, what? Oh man, like this, like just a problem you wouldn't have to solve and never have to solve again. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's interesting with arcade cabinets because there is a fixed amount of CRT monitors being made. Like yeah. now or... And it's none. In the past. Right? So there's only oh, a certain yeah, amount yeah. of CRT monitors out there. Mm-hmm. And their quality differs drastically. So like... Oh, it's so just, there's like a battle to yeah, get like, the best displays? Yeah, and it's also like a huge shortage too. And mm-hmm. and also with arcade cabinets, they're kind of spread all around the world, right? Like yeah. you bought your Pac-Man cabinet and then went up into the middle of northern... Like Canada and open yeah. a diner, yeah. and it's like in perfect condition. And it's like you got to get that. Like, yeah, yeah. the cabinet's only two hundred bucks, but, but good luck like getting that back. <laughs> and they're heavy, and into apartments, I imagine would be a huge. Like, I haven't had to move any of them. Yeah, they're, they're actually reasonably priced. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous being like, oh, I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars on one game, mm-hmm. but. I mean, it's only hundreds of dollars. Well, at the time, you know, this would always come up. Of course, as a kid, you're, you're dreaming, right? Because you go to the arcade and you have a fun, and then the, the thought occurs to you, 
what if I had that Dragon's Lair machine in my house or what a gauntlet, right? And then, you know, so there was always like talk when you're a kid of like, what if we pool our money and get an arcade machine? But I think at that time, like, they were probably more expensive at the time. I think there were thousands, like they, they had to have been. And, and I actually, not positive, but, um, but you know, it's interesting to think because like, great, what if you, you and your friends, you saved up, you scrounged and you, got a gauntlet machine like from the distributor for three grand and then you you play for like 20 minutes and you realize wait i'm on limited quarters this sucks like that wouldn't that yeah. be the worst come down ever yeah it's just like we got a gauntlet machine and then yeah. you start playing you're like oh it's more well, fun it's kind of funny because like like looking outwards buying like assembling a meme cabinet yeah is really the best solution but it yeah. also goes against everything that is cool about owning an arcade cabinet. Like, it, it loses all vintage. Yeah, and, it loses the vintage. And the, and the maintaining art of... I think, have you heard they're replacing pinball machines? I mean, they've been doing this for a while, but with LEDs. So they're taking all the bulbs, swapping those out, putting oh. LEDs so they're mad bright. Wow. And they just look completely different than what they originally looked like. Um... But it's just because it was a technology that wasn't around. Wow. Yeah, um, probably longer life, too. Like, you don't have to go and replace the bulbs and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're going to last, like, 100,000 hours or 10,000 hours or whatever. I do like, and of course, I'm sure some of our listeners are, like, way more intense in the, you know, collector scene and, and all this stuff. But, so, or knowledgeable about where the state of arcade and pinball is today. But yeah. I, I like knowing that there's a guy out there right now making a freaking pinball table like designing it right and it's intense right? oh the whole like well, i don't yeah i'm not sure how much new stuff there is they still i think they still they're making you know um pinball yeah yeah yes maybe we did we we played pinball at shorties down in seattle right yeah yeah and you can tell like some of those machines are, are new and it's like um there's just like almost like lost arts i guess i'm saying yeah. like a lot but Lost Arts were, but there's still a few people out there who... Yeah. Well, there's an expo. I mean, California Extreme is, from what I've heard, amazing, um, which is an arcade and pinball well, there's, convention. Yeah, that'd be cool. And that's all people who love it bringing it over. And I mean, most people who are in arcade stuff it aren't really out to make money. Mm-hmm. They just end up with way too many arcade cabinets for their storage unit or their warehouse or wherever, yeah, yeah. wherever they keep that stuff. So they have to just get rid of them. Um, I think the main cabinet, like I still think about this. If you have room for one cab, I mean, it's it's almost the only choice you can make. Oh, because they, then you have everything. But as soon as you have everything, then what's the point? Yeah, I guess. Though I might take my Xbox because I bought arcade six for my Xbox. I might take that Xbox 360 uh, once I'm done with it and build an arcade cabinet out of mm-hmm. it. Because um, there's a lot of games on there that I would want to keep playing. Yeah, that's like, kind of cool. Have like a little thing that popped open, disk drive. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's a lot of... Yeah, it's definitely... I mean, you need space, obviously. But uh, you are right that if you have a vintage machine, then there's no... You know, there's a certain cool factor there. Yeah, like don't, a certain choice, yeah. but it's got to be something that you can achieve mastery on. Yeah, know? something where you can, where you can play and play and play and still improve, and then and also people would want to play. Like, yeah, that's true. You want to have a game that people would be excited about seeing, not like oh, like what's? I mean, most people your age would know about Sinistar, but like, well, agreed. I, I, I heard about that. It's a bit of a reach, but yeah, for. Like, for, for 
but a very memorable. Well, like a Pac-Man machine, it's like everybody yeah. would be super excited. Um, Spy Hunter, I liked a lot at the time. We we had, um, it's kind of like the conscious exclusion. Like, yeah, when you only have one thing, then you. you so I worked in at a, a tuxedo shop for a while that was in a Sears, and this is in California. Yes. And then they, for some reason, right there, like right next to the tuxedo part, was a Spy Hunter machine. How many tuxedos did you? Buy? Did you get a good discount on that? Uh, yeah, I got got decent discount. Did you just get like your wedding tux then? You're like, I'm well, good. I was in high school, so I was like, but I I was in all these various bands and things, so yeah, I had like a, you know, like three or four or five different ones. So it's like, okay, I'm this is today is tails with, you know, with this cut and then whatever. But that explains um, the origin of snazzy dress and tie. <laughs> yeah, uh, but not the hats. I was not a hat wearer there. Well, did they um, have them back then? Good question. I think it was that could be the between. weird middle point where it's like it's not vintage; no. it's impossible to find. And then once, yeah, once it comes, it's vintage. But one of my favorite arcade games, which is actually fairly new in the grand scheme of things, is Crazy Taxi. Oh, and yeah. that game actually does give you that high score kind of feeling because they grade mm-hmm. you at the end of it. So right. I, I would always, I would always have three dollars, and I'd play a game of whatever Tekken machine there yeah. was. Wait, how much is the game? Fifty. Tekken was a dollar. Okay. Uh, Crazy Taxi was a dollar, and then I had the dollar for the Galaga Pac-Man oh machine. Gosh. And those those three were always pretty reliably in the fairy arcades. Yeah. Um, but man, Crazy Taxi, like especially because it's open world, mm-hmm. roughly. Um, and you also have red, yellow, and green passengers, mm-hmm. which vary distance. So you do kind of get that like, oh, I want the last one to be green. Mm-hmm. It has a great combo system of driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumping cars, driving next to cars without touching them. Like, it was really good about building up that score. And I would look at it and go, oh, I got a C today. Like, I didn't do good. Yeah. And if I got a B, I felt good about myself. <laughs> and I probably never got an A. And I, I still always want to try it. Um, and it also, like, it has licensed music. Mm-hmm. So when you say Offspring... I think of Crazy Taxi. Oh, that's funny. And it plays the same song every single time. Wow. So it's it's got this really, like, like most arcade games don't have licensed music, and that's like, when I hear that, I'm like, Crazy Taxi's what I'm playing. Um, it's funny. There were there were such destinations, you know. There's like KFCs in that game. What? There was like a KFC and Not like least? a Gap. Oh, wow. Because it's like a 1999 game, right? Like, it came out on the Dreamcast. Gosh, yeah. I think I've played it in the arcade before. There was, when, the gimmick games were always really fun, like the, this, yeah, the gun games or the, um, I was, like the Demolition Derby where it's like there's four wheels and there's guys facing each other and there was, uh, um, I remember there's this stupid gun game called, like, Turkey Shoot. Turkey Shoot. And for some reason yeah, it yeah. was, it was really fun. And, uh, you know, I think those those ones where you just you're doing something that you know, unlike. I mean, we'll go into the debate of home console in the day versus arcade, but yes, but there was something definitely. I guess that's the part that's still true today. Is there's something you know great about playing something that you can't do at home? Like, and now it yeah. has to be gimmicky, and, and there because are because there's there's nothing else like you know the the machines have caught up. So if it's not a gimmick, then it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard for something in the arcade to trump something at home. And there's also like. Um, kind of a room for arcades to come back in an abstract way. Like, you kind of look at going to PAX and playing Johan Sebastian Joust yeah. with uh, 
12 people as something you can't do at home. Like, you don't have the setup mm-hmm. to play that. Um, as well as, man, they built a Castle Crashers cabinet, which was one mm-hmm. of the coolest things. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. Like, I've seen, because that's completely custom. Yeah. It ain't for sale, and that game is such a... Well, that's perfect. Such a call for, to... Yeah. To... Um, Arcade machines. They're doing stuff like that is really cool. Like I wouldn't mind a Geometry Wars cabinet. Oh yeah. Like, if somebody made one of those. Yeah. Or no, that's a good point um, actually. Like they're they're, and it's just like it's all new art and it's all new, right? So it's all like crisp and working yeah, properly. You could almost argue that you know some of those games might be better in an arcade setting than on their machine, right? Yeah. I think the other thing, like I don't know, I doubt it'll ever happen, but. Um, physical games, like I think that's why pinball has still survived. You know, in some level, it's just. A, a digitized pinball just isn't the same. There's something physical about it. So to, for me, games like um, foosball or those like rod hockey are so awesome. And if if they only took those things to the next level, because those yeah. are experiences you can't have on. Well, yeah, there is the, stuff like uh, on the computer. Right? Uh, playing Tempest with anything other than a knob yeah. is a not the optimal way to play Tempest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, there there are spaces in which people play games together uh, and get together and play weird like games on trampolines or yeah, like um, alternate controller schemes, and people will come there to experience that. So I mean, it really is hard to kind of define an arcade too. Yeah, because if it's playing games in a space, I think I think the only thing we know for sure is that it peaked, and it's definitely not at its peak. Well, you know, and maybe in the future, who knows, like with more VR and AR t- type st- stuff than... Imagine if a fighting game released first in arcade. Yeah. Imagine like... Well, I mean, Capcom wouldn't do it, but Mortal Kombat is just like day one arcade, and they'll be in arcade only in Chicago for the next month, <laughs> and that's what they call beta testing. Yeah, that's funny. Um, well, what do you think? We're probably... We should probably wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, Although there's so we are, much more to, to talk, but maybe talk we'll, about arcades forever. Yeah, we'll shelve this as a um, as one that we can return to because I think we could delve into a few specific games and talk about some of the ridiculous things that go on and yeah and and whatnot. But and that Pac Man four player cabinets, the fucking shit. <laughs> That's awesome. You played that? No four player Pac Man. No, it's new. It uses like the championship edition engine. Oh yeah. You saw really it. Good. You saw it. Down no, I played it. Yeah, no, they, they, they. Wow. If you got an arcade and you do not have that, and you're charging by the hour, you're, you're messing up. But that game, man, that's good. Wow. As far as like the newest arcade game I've ever played. Um, that's funny. It's come full circle, huh? Pac- Pac-Man's popular again. Good to hear. Yeah. All right. Well, um, this has been fun. This is Tyler, and this is Kier, and we're ending the arcade chase. So, well, that chase never ends. Yeah, that's true. And that's why we're talking about it. Get out there, put today. a couple quarters in. Into a machine. Yeah, into something. No, no. You don't want to put quarters into food. Well, that's probably good. You don't want to put quarters into your, into machinery, probably. Probably not. People wouldn't like it. Well, if it's their machine and they get quarters, they might. No, I meant into people. Oh, wait, no. No, people wouldn't like Yeah, no. No, definitely not. I don't think you can pay for those kind of services but a quarter. Well, I, I would assume that the quarter would be part of the... That wouldn't even be part of the cost of that. But um, it's not the cost of this, because it's a podcast. And it's free! Well, 
it's free from monetary value. Like, you still have to invest time in internet bandwidth, and if you're paying by the gig. That's true, but we didn't, we didn't levy a charge ourselves for you, good listener. No. This content is delivered, uh, virtually free for you. Yeah. Um, and we thank you. Goodbye. For now. <laughs>